Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Make some noise, Orange fans. It's time for the Juice Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Q's Nation podcast. All right, what's up, Cuse Nation? Welcome to episode 36 of the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. I'm Sean alongside my buddy Joe. Joe, what's going on, bro? What's going on, Sean? How you doing? I'm not too bad for a Monday. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, We want to be the number one podcast for Syracuse sports, so if you would, please subscribe and give us a rating on iTunes, preferably, or anywhere, really, but iTunes, preferably, that would be awesome. Thanks in advance for that. And we are also on uh, YouTube, but, I mean, I don't know why you would listen to a podcast on YouTube, but we're there. So, (laughs) (laughs) it's for later things, I suppose. We can just use it for whatever. But, um, this is your FSU preview show, episode 36. And if you are like me and you watched FSU play Boston College on Saturday afternoon, you'd be thinking to yourself, where's FSU? (laughs) Nobody showed up. Their offense scored three points. They look beat in the the middle of the second quarter, sitting on the bench like a bunch of of boobs, staring (laughs) off into space. I mean, what happened to this team, Joe? Oh, geez. It's awful. I mean, they're not awful. It's what happened on what Friday night was awful. That's for sure. They definitely gave up. And that was obvious, like you said. But um, Oh, that was Friday night, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was Friday night. Yeah, game, my yeah. bad. You're right. You're right. My bad. Um, Yeah, go on. I'm sorry. No, I'm just, It's. it was obvious that they, you know, I mean, first off, you got to kind of give credit to Boston College because oh, last three Last three games, they've been unbelievable on offense, and they've always been a pretty good defensive team. Um, and they're currently three and three in the conference and five and four overall. So they jumped into third place in our ACC Atlantic Division. So they're not they're not a slouch anymore, especially now that their offense has come around. And I don't know, Florida State's just uh, two and five. Two and five. I mean, um, it, you know, an offense that put up what was it? Uh, 213 yards of total offense, but if you take away one of the um, halfback acres, our running back acres threw a pass for uh, 43 yards or something, 47 yards. So that only leaves them with 166 yards of total offense, and they only put three points on the board. Um, But like you said, in defense of Boston College, I mean, they were on it. Their defense was on it. Um, They played great. And they were probably underrated at the beginning of the year. Um, Anthony Brown was only the Boston College quarterback was only six for twenty though for just an awful fifty four yards. Yeah, they ran all over him. 
Yeah, they did. They ran for 243 yards and, and put up three touchdowns running. So, you know, I mean, you can go kind of either way on, on, that, on, on, the, on the BC offense, but they did run all over FSU's defense. And not for anything, it was a Boston College home game. So, yeah. but um, to my point, though, they just looked – they, my main point, I guess, is that um, they just didn't show much heart. I don't think F- FSU just like their attitude looks just. You can see it on their faces, man, when they when they're playing, and it's just not FSU form. So uh, I'll take it though. You said last week you'd rather have them lose. I was wondering if maybe I'd rather have them win and um, kind of get off the schneid a little bit. But you said you'd rather get them be- a little beat up and lose. And it happened. They got beat up, yeah. too. Blackman was getting yeah. hit, and he seemed rattled almost the entire game. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah, it, that um, the, the thing with Florida State, man, is that it's not – there's still a bunch of four- and five-star kids with great coaching. Um, the beginning of the year, the first game of the season, they played in Alabama, and um, they lost their starting quarterback for the year the, for the opening game and lost 24-7. to um, and then they had a long layoff because of the, the hurricane. Um, and, uh, they missed a, a game against Louisiana Monroe, which probably would have been another win, maybe, you know, a little confidence booster for the quarterback, but, um, that game got canceled. I don't even think it's going to end up getting played. Uh, but you know, if you look at the, the rest of their season, I mean, without their starting quarterback, they lost to NC state by six, beat Wake Forest by seven, lost to Miami by four, beat Duke by seven, lost Louisville by three, and then, you know, obviously this Boston College game. So as you sit back as a Syracuse fan, you think, oh, Florida State's down. Florida State's, you know, but they haven't blown out anybody. But They haven't you know, been other, blown out either. And, other and up, until, other, up until Boston College, right, they haven't been exactly. blown out either. So they still are a team full of four- and five-star guys. I mean, I was watching something today. Uh, they said something like there's like five – six NFL players on their defense. Um, so, but another thing I heard also was that um, just from sources that uh, a lot of the players kind of have given up on the season and, and going to a good bowl and care more about their, their NFL stock, their NFL draft stock. So there's uh, some unselfish playing going on and obviously through injuries and the fact that they're not used to losing that much. So it's kind of chaotic down there, but Either way, with that talent, it's not to say that they can come out and put a game together. So, yeah, yeah, you can see it. I mean, it shows, you know, that they've given up. I mean, they just have no, there's no passion there at all for football. Um, now, just let's get to all right. Here, here's key. Here's key, and this is it. This is the story of the Syracuse Orange entire season. Get defense, get off the field on third down, and offense control the pace of the game. And you beat Florida State. I said that this was my upset pick for a bowl game back in the beginning of the year a few weeks ago. Uh, I no longer think it's an upset. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite, but not really yeah, a huge upset. I think it's gone to four-and-a-half four and now. Oh, is it? Okay. Since it opened, it's growing. So. Okay. Well, I mean, so maybe it will be an upset. But just when you look at the, when you look at the level of play, uh, I don't think they can match Syracuse's energy on either side of the ball. And, you know, I hope they don't prove me wrong because I'll look like a fool. I've been saying this for so long. But, you know, if they do what they've been doing, I don't see a problem with Florida State. 
they got the home crowd with them. Their home crowds, their home crowds crush too, though. Yeah, so, it's it's difficult for fans. It's difficult for everybody, and that's really why this this game's so up in the air. Is because are they going to be able to match our want? Absolutely not. But are we going to no be way. able to yeah. match their talent overall? And that's an absolutely not. So when it comes down to it, like you said, it's who wants it more. And if for some crazy reason Jimbo Fisher pulls a magic speech out of his, you know what, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gets right. these guys motivated, then like I said, if, if a motivated, unselfish Florida State team comes and plays, then the spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They can absolutely beat us by more than, you know, and just as well as all the other losses that we've had. But if they, the same Florida State that we've seen comes out and eventually just gives in to the fact that we want it more than them, as long as we don't have crazy amount of mistakes, then I think that we'll be fine. It's, yeah, we can't have four turnovers in the first half. Um, absolutely not. But, but, you know, Miami, far better team than, than Florida State right now. And yeah. um, we hung with Miami with four turnovers in the first half. So, I mean, to me. Well, and to, Florida State was there, too. I mean, Miami won at the last play of the game type situation against Florida State. So yeah. they've had some devastating losses as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, I just think, in my opinion, you know, it's clear. They, they, they're acting beat. They look beat. I don't know if how many more magical speeches – uh, Coach Fisher could pull out of his hat, but um, he better come up with a good one. So yeah. I'm sure he's had some motivating speeches, uh, you know, leading in all the way up to the Boston College game. So, you know, it, it is what it is, and we'll see. Do we have a time for that game? Was Did I see three th- or 2.30? No, I think it's uh, 12.20. 12.20, okay. All right. 12.20, 12.20. yeah. And uh, another couple of just uh, notables, too. Uh, Kendall Coleman is going to be back, and he was our starting defensive end that got hurt first quarter at LSU. So this is the first time he'll be back um, since the LSU game. And also uh, our safety from the first game who got hurt, Antoine Cordy, and uh, the other backup safety, uh, Jordan Martin, they are both out for the year. And that was that was all uh, put out there today. So All right. All right. Yep. Well, now we just have some NCAA – news to go over with these NCAA schmucks and suits. Now, uh, Coach Beheim was asked about the violations to do with North Carolina. We never really touched on it. 
I, I we might have mentioned it in passing one episode of how ridiculous it was, but you had these paper classes for 18 years. The only reason that they weren't, you know, the NCAA's defense, actual defense of not giving them any hell for this is that the classes were open to everybody. So anybody could have joined, and there was probably a couple, right? I think there was a couple. Oh, yeah. But but it was set, it was set up for athletes to... To outrageous percentage of those classes were athletes. So yeah, exactly. And you know, it was a breeze through class. We all know this. So coach was asked about it and he said, um, he said, where is it? I have a quote here. Um, after the orange was hit hard with the NCAA president, the coach was asked about NC state and he said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to comment on any of that. Beheim said when he was asked about the disproportionate penalties, but as you mentioned many times in your writings, uh, head coach responsibility, that didn't apply to North Carolina. Screamingly obvious, and I'm surprised that you in particular haven't been all over that. I'm supposed to know about a 10-page paper, and they don't know about 18 years of a fake class. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Beheim on the NCAA rules, he is quoted as, quote, well, it's certainly... It certainly applied differently, unquote, and it absolutely did. I mean, you could come up with any cockamamie defense of this you want, but it's clear the whistleblower was a student who said, hey, look, I've got a degree now. I can't do anything with it. Uh, no, the, the whistleblower was, a yeah, an athlete that ended up saying something, but then he didn't testify. So I wonder oh, what okay. happened there. Uh, right, exactly. A little, <laughs> little uh, under yeah. the table, under the table. North- North Carolina, they spent eighteen million dollars, according to uh, million dollars. Eighteen million dollars in lawyer fees to get that taken care of. Give me so a speak. break. The NCAA, yeah. the NCAA, is they're they're so corrupt. They're so yeah. corrupt. They're just as corrupt. It's our government. It's the government. <laughs> it's the only thing I could compare them to. Yeah. Right. They're yeah. almost as big too. I mean, it's this, it's a smaller scale. But, I know. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Obviously, but it's like money, money will get you anything. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can lobby the government for pretty much anything you want. You find the right politician. Well, you can lobby the NCAA to get you out of anything. You find the right guy and you give them the right amount of money. All right. Yeah. So on to the next one. This one fascinates me, and I didn't heard about it until Joe brought it up to me today. Uh, NC State freshman Braxton Beverly was ruled ineligible for going to school. (laughs) <laughs> for going to school in the summer. Um, Thad Matta abruptly left Ohio State the summer. Incoming freshman Braxton Beverly was granted his release from the Buckeyes and transferred to North Carolina State. Um, he actually once scored 70 points in a, in a single high school game, which is phenomenal, even for high school. Yeah. Um, he hadn't played for the Buckeyes, and he'd only been going to school for a few weeks, and I believe it was during the summer. This doesn't yep. say. Yes, it does. Okay, summer classes. And um, he was deemed ineligible by NCAA standards for taking classes in the summer. Why? I don't know. It makes absolutely no sense to deem someone ineligible for an entire year for, for taking classes in the summer. And if that's not absurd enough, uh, there was another one. Uh, what was his name? It was, a VC, was it a VCU transfer? LeVar Bats, and he was, he was um, deemed ineligible after he, he got injured 
after playing a couple minutes in, a, in the start of a game and they ruled that he played the whole year. They counted his seven minutes before the injury of his ankle in the 2015 season, which they counted as a full year of play. So when, <laughs> so when he transferred, he was deemed ineligible too. Both of those happened to NC State. That's absurd, Jeez. man. You think some of these rules need to be looked at again? I mean, that's, that's, that's cockamamie, man. Well, I know that when you transfer from, like, an equal division, an equal, like, uh, like Division One to Division One, Division Two to Division Two type, when it's equal competition, equal, equal level, then uh, you're supposed to sit out a year. But Terry Henderson thing, was but, his name. I'm sorry. Go on. Terry, Terry Henderson, yeah. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, a lot of times, like graduate senior, uh, senior transfers and then transfers, if a coach gets fired, they usually get the benefit of the doubt and they don't make them sit out a whole year. So, I mean, that's basically the rule that they were going off of. And just because he took the summer classes and he got to school early um, and worked out for the with the team in the summer and everything and, and tried to get some credits in, he basically got hurt because of that. So, right. Well, it's just, it's, it just doesn't seem like it's the, yeah, I don't know. Like when they take care about the students and the, and the education and stuff, then something like that shouldn't be a big deal, you know? Yeah. If they, if they cared about the students as much as they say they did, they care about, no, that's not even true. They don't care about the students. No. If they did, they wouldn't have all these freaking rules. <laughs> yeah. It's just crazy to sit here and see all the stuff that's just, it's like, it's someone's job to make rules in the NCAA. That's an actual job that someone's got to do. And if they stop making rules, then their their job becomes pointless, R- right? I mean, if you're not doing something you're you're supposed to be doing, then your job becomes pointless. So they have to come up. Yeah, with but the consistency of the punishment is the problem with everybody. You yeah, know? and that's that's true too. That's the main problem. You're right. That's, that's a huge problem. That's a huge so. problem. Exactly. I mean, Syracuse doesn't have... No, at least, at least we don't got to worry about that anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, you know, Syracuse doesn't have, like, to say, $18 million to pay for lawyer's fees. Syracuse doesn't no. have that. They don't have that. They could never do that. No. Which is why we got shellacked, <laughs> right? Probably. I mean, probably. Probably. Yeah. Not enough money changed hands. And then that is, uh, that is just obvious to me. But, I mean, it's all speculation, of course. So, whatever. Um, all right, Joe. Let, give me a little. Give me a little. Syracuse basketball preview. We've done ACC Media Day. Uh, we've got we got a preseason game coming up. You said Wednesday, right? In two days. Yeah, November first. Yeah. Yeah, November first. So is that? Do you know if that's going to be on ESPN three or anything, or are we going to just have to track that on? I don't know. I I think last year um, the exhibition games were. I think you could watch them on. Uh, Q's TV, but I think you also had to buy it for like five or seven dollars or something like that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there you go. Q's TV is their YouTube page, so they'd probably yep. they they probably go live with that or something. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I think it's like South New Ham Southern New Hampshire. I think is who we're playing. So it's not like you know, it's well, not a game that's going to count toward our record. It's more of like you know a scrimmage type. So right. So. We have we don't really know the, the 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 starting five isn't set in stone yet and it hasn't really been announced obviously so I asked Joe because Joe's um, way better than me at this stuff and he gave me his his top five in no particular order Tyus Battle six foot six sophomore 
Uh, came in coming into this year, averaging 11.3 points per game last season as one of the guards Joe's picking to start. Um, I, I agree with that one. It gets a little fuzzy after this, but but, yeah. but I agree. I agree with that. Uh, coaches said that he's been working hard. Um, he's he's improved. He's stronger. He's getting more physical. He's got more confidence, and he was dangerous last year. So yeah, uh, what you think, he's going to be one of the better players in, in the ACC. That's for sure. You think so? You think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you got anything to add for? for no, Seattle? I mean, I just I think he's probably going to be gone going to the NBA after this year. Yeah, so I would agree. Yeah. I think that's the type of season that we're we're looking forward to his battle, especially since there's not so many people around him to take shots away from him. So he's going to have every opportunity to score and be the uh, the leader of this team. So right, exactly. And we talked about leadership a lot last year. No one took the reins. Once right. in a while, once in a while, you thought it was battle though. No, and I mean he's only a true sophomore, but he's and because of the people that we have coming back. Um, and how young we are, he's got every. I mean, if he wants it, the opportunity's there. So he's got to grab it. Your the next guard you 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 picked was Frank Howard. He only yep. started what 14 games last year. Uh, he, he had you know he missed the off season, underwent surgery. Uh, six foot five junior coach said he's getting better, but I mean that's not saying a whole lot in my opinion. Uh, we'll see what we, he can do. I think he's improved, Coach said, and he's shooting, he's shooting the ball better. So, um, you know, Frank Howard's one of those guys I had high expectations for, and um, he just hasn't shown it to me, to be honest with you yet, but I like him. Uh, I want to see him, obviously, succeed, and I think you're probably right for putting him there. But what do you say? Well, uh, he started last year, and Jim, uh, Jim Bam gave him every opportunity to, to – seize hold of the position until John Gillen was just better. And he did have an injury that he was fighting through. But um, I just see him as, like, um, Beheim. he uh, compared him to Scoop Jardine as far as being kind of a late kind of bloomer type. You know, one of those guys that really didn't do too much early in his career, but the last one or two years of his career, he was was pretty good. And um, there's been times, I mean, he's shown flashes. I just have certain little things. Like, I've noticed that... You know, he gets frustrated and makes a bad play, and then that always pretty much turns into the very next possession, him following somebody because he's angry and it's just... Self-control. He has a yeah, self-control just, problem. Yes, he's got a self-control problem. He's got yeah. to get hold of his emotions and understand that there's another play after that one. And um, as long as he can do that and stay out of his own head, I mean, I think that he could definitely surprise some people because he definitely has the the right size for that 2-3 zone. I mean, yeah. if you imagine 6'5 and 6'6, six, six, if those are the starters in the top of the 2 3 zone, I mean, right. that's steals galore. That's fast breaks. He's just, he's got to just be able to, like they say in football, like you got to let the play go because there's going to be another play. And exactly. That's what Move he's got to do. Next one. That's exactly. what he's got to do. A little self control and focus. Um, right. Uh, your first wing guy, you got O'Shea Brissett, uh, 6'8 Canadian, coming in for his freshman year. And, you know, he's um, he's hitting three-pointers. Uh, coach said he thinks uh, he's working very hard. He thinks he's gotten better since he's been in Syracuse. Uh, and he has good work ethic. So, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about the guy. I mean, I've watched some, some um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Highlight Hi- tapes. Highlight tapes and stuff like that. And But highlight yeah. tapes are highlight tapes for a reason. Uh, right. So, but he looks smooth. He looks good. Um, what do you say? He... 
Yeah, I think he's going to be the surprise of this season just because nobody really knows, you know. When freshmen come in, you don't know who's ready to go and who's not. And um, he played in Canada, so I think they kind of hurt him a little bit because I don't think that they look at them as playing as good a competition. So a lot of times they traditionally don't get ranked as high as, as some of the kids in the United States. But if I'm not mistaken, he was the player of the year in, in high school basketball in Canada. And um, he uh, he can hit threes and he can drive. Um, he's going to be... I mean, from everything that I hear, um, he he's going to be pretty special, and he's going to surprise a lot of people, kind of like Torian Thompson last year. Yeah. I mean, if, Torian, if Torian Thompson would have stayed out of foul trouble last year, uh-huh. he was a double 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 guy as a true freshman. All day. So yeah, totally. So this guy's, um, and he and the thing is too is that he loves to play defense. He loves to hustle. He's not going to be that that lazy guy on defense. Um, so overall, I think that. Uh, He's going to be a player, and it's going to be uh, one of the one of the better one of those players that just fans fall in love with. That would be my guess as far as uh, if there's a player like that, a newcomer coming in, it's probably going to be him. All right. Well, um, on the other side, you picked uh, Matthew Moyer, uh, redshirt freshman, six eight, hundred twenty five pounds. That's a lot of height and not a lot of meat. Nope. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, coach said he's benefited from being here for a year. Obviously, he's getting he's know he knows the zone. He's been able to watch. It. He's been able to watch the, you know, the team last year. So and he's improved on his shooting. So and coach said he's the most experienced forward they got. So what do you say? Uh, yeah, it's pretty sad that that's the most experienced forward we have. <laughs> I but know, I know. <clears throat> he played. Um, he had every opportunity last year. It was between him and Torian Thompson on who was going to get the minutes that were available. And um, during the preseason, Moyer played a lot um, in non-conference games, early non-conference games. But he got a foot injury early, and um, Torian Thompson was was more physically ready to play. And he ended up sitting out majority of the year, so they just figured redshirt him. But um, you think 215 is bad. He was <laughs> way less than that. So he's had a really? year to put on weight. Um, but he does, he did practice by the end of the year last year and he does know the zone and he is, uh, very physical as far as going up and getting rebounds and stuff. I don't know how much scoring we can, uh, rely from him. I mean, he'll get some dirty points, buckets off of, um, boards and stuff like that. But I think he's going to pride himself more on defense and rebounding. And, um, I just, uh, hope that he can, um, play within himself and not try to do too much early and then gain confidence and see, see what he can do. So that's that's the kind of player I, I see him. Good. As. Okay. Um, your last one down low, seven foot two center, Chukwa missed a lot of the season last year. I think he played in just seven games. Transfer from Providence. He uh, he had a torn retina, and yeah. he's getting used to playing with goggles. So <laughs> he says he says he hates them, but he's getting used to playing with them, and. Uh, <laughs> It's a sight to see. Here's a picture of him right here with some goggles on. But hey, uh, you yeah. tear a retina, man. You wear goggles. You know? Oh yeah. That's what you oh, do, yeah. right? So yeah. Chukwa down low. Didn't get to really show us a whole lot last year. He's got the height. He's a big guy. He's a muscular guy. Um I mean, what do you think, Joe? Right, is he gonna is he gonna be able to is he gonna be able to what we really needed lately is muscle down there and we just haven't had a uh. lot of haven't had a lot I mean, of strength down low. Well, from what I see, we only have two players that um, can play the middle. 
and it's um it's him and it's Barama Sidibi and um he's a freshman uh coming in and he actually has gotten he actually played really good in the scrimmage and um he's they say the Syracuse coaches are really surprised um about how how actually like polished he kind of is on some of the things that they didn't think he was and they said he's really active in the middle of the zone um only reason I say Pascal Chukwa is because of his size and the fact that he's been there. So, and I think that he's going to be, um, he's going to be first in line as far as allowing to be able to to, to start. So, but I think they're both going to get minutes in the middle. Um, I don't think that's a one man role. I don't think that no, one's going to be overly better on offense or defense. Um, maybe I mean. Uh, you, I haven't really seen Barama play too much, so you never know. You might be a diamond in the rough for all we know. But for right now, I look at it as just a, a, it's a two-man team as far as just clogging that middle and not allowing easy baskets. But I don't think we're going to rely on any of them very heavily for points. So, Well, Coach, coach praised um, Sadib and said that um, he's got great defensive instincts. He also he compared him to Bay Musiqueda, so. Yeah, so they're kind, that's of, really, they're kind of both that's, lanky like that, you know. Right. Yeah, and yeah. and also too, um, that's kind of just what I'm throwing out there. Just seeing how Bayheim's done it as far as in the beginning of the season, starting with uh, the exhibition games and non-conference, he usually starts off with the more experienced guys and stuff. But everyone's going to play. I know that there's a certain amount of games you're allowed to play in before you say you can redshirt them or not. So everyone's going to play, and um, I know. That I've also heard too, like Geno Thorpe, the um, graduate transfer from um, South, South Florida. Florida. Yeah, he's a six three, six four guy. And uh, Beheim talked about how impressed he was with. Um, they didn't know how tenacious he was on defense, and the fact that he actually plays defense, and he's actually a really good fit in the zone. So he's aggressive, um, right? And he's he's going to be able to score as well. Um, so. He he also talked about the fact that um, if teams go small or if 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 they need some scoring options and stuff like that, they're talking about having Frank Howard and Geno Thorpe play the guards up top and move Tyus Battle, who's six six, down to the to the wing and going a little small with uh, Battle at the wing, O'Shea Brissett or a Moyer on the other wing with a Chukwa or, or Sidibe in the middle. Yeah, um, more, so, more options this year for sure. If if you're going to pull a positive away. Right, and more there's a lot of players, you know. Right, and and there's a lot of guys too. You have to look at it. Frank Howard, he was kind of highly touted. People have been. I mean, this is his time. Yeah. If he comes yeah, out he and lays to. an egg, then it's going to be a long season. Well, it's going to be. But if he comes, think Thorpe starts for him if he goes out and starts picking up where he left off last year, or what? He he very well could, but you know that's the whole thing. Is you we? I mean, a lot of times they talk about having good guards is is what helps teams. Good defense, good guards. If we can, you know, have we're going to need. We haven't had proven. We don't have proof. We lost a lot of our proving proving scoring. So, right, we're going to have to play teams very, very like in the high fifties, low sixties. Our defense is going to have to be the focal point. Is getting stops. And but if Frank Howard can come out of his shell the way that we've seen him inconsistently do, if he can become consistent, and then you have Tyus Battle, who's like a lot of people are saying he's going to the NBA after this year, and then you have a Geno Thorpe who shot almost 38% from three-pointers last year. He's a graduate senior. I mean, you got three guards that you can throw out on the court, and with other big guys who are athletic and can make some plays, I mean, you can you can make some things happen. Right. So, I don't know. We got picked uh, to finish 10th in the ACC, and 
I, I just we can do better than I'm that. I'm just ex- I'm excited to see what we have. I think yeah, other 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 people that we didn't um, talk about. Uh, Marek Doljaz, he um, from Slovenia. He he's tall, but he's got guard skills. He's still kind of up in the air as far as I haven't heard too much about him. I wouldn't be surprised if he redshirts along with Howard Washington, the other guard um, from Canada. And they're not saying that Howard Washington's bad. But if Frank Howard plays the way that you know he's supposed to, and, and we have that three guard rotation, then he should be able to redshirt as well. So yeah. I'm excited to see the the rotation and how the newcomers are playing. Um, yeah, I'm excited so. too. Hopefully, hopefully we can all tap into that that preseason game that's going to be coming up Wednesday evening, right? I'm assuming it's Wednesday evening. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, of course, it's at the dome, right? It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to go there. Um, all right, there it is. That's Joe's. That's Joe's top five: Battle, Howard, Brissett, Moyer, and Chukwu. All right, that's it. That's all we got. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, thanks. This has been episode thirty-six. Remember to go to facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation Podcast. Thumb us up there. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. For Joe, I am Sean. This has been episode thirty-six. We'll see you next time. Later. Two. You just heard the Q's Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe.